hug. Good morning, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. I put the roses up here just for, uh, for Roxanne. I know how much she loves the, loves the roses and brought them out to everybody. My gosh, what an introduction. Um, when Roxanne asked me if I would uh, stick around a little longer, I was here last night for an event. If I'd stick around a little longer and speak to you this morning, I said, I'm usually talking to real estate professionals. I'm usually talking about our brand. I'm usually talking about why we, are, we have advisors versus having you know, agents in the business and, uh, and why we need to be something different. Uh, and she said, well, I, I basically want you to tell them a little more about Angle and Folkers. Tell them a little more about the company, how we got to our point, and why are we having the growth that we're having, not only here in the Americas, but worldwide. And as much as I'd like to take credit for it, Roxanne, it's because of the people, and I know that sounds cliche, but it's because of the people that we keep attracting to our, our brand on a regular basis, be it here through, uh, throughout the Americas or around, uh, around the globe. Uh, when I joined the brand back in 2010, uh, there were only about 2,500 Anglin Falkers advisors in the world. Today, as Roxanne said, there's a little over 11,000 advisors, and we're growing very quickly. This year in the Americas, we will open about 25 new locations, uh, which, is, uh, which is not easy to do in this extremely competitive environment that we live in. So what I'd like to do this morning, uh, not give you a sales pitch for Anglin Falkers, even though it might sound a little bit like that, is tell you a little more about our brand, and, uh, and some of the things that we're doing and why I believe that is contributing to our success in a very um, highly competitive uh, industry such as real estate. So with that being said, uh, let's, all, let's go back and kind of start with the, uh, the founders of our company. Our company was founded back in 1977, actually in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, the company was founded as Engel & C. That would be the equivalent of like Engel & Associates or Engel & Company. Uh, one of the first associates in Engel and C was a gentleman by the name of Christian Volkers. So Dirk Engel and Christian Volkers started the company back in 1977. And uh, for the first 10, 15 years, the brand was completely focused on the very high-end luxury markets in Germany. We started in Hamburg, Germany. Of course, a lot of people who uh, live in Hamburg, the way our, our brand has always expanded is basically look where the buyers and sellers are coming from. So from Hamburg, we go to Berlin and Munich. Over time... We become a market leader in Germany, but a lot of Germans vacation in the Balearic Islands. So we open in Mallorca. From Mallorca, we uh, continue our growth out through uh, Spain, and that, and that continues. In 1990, we opened our first office outside of Hamburg, which was that one in, in Spain. In 95, we actually started our in-house academy. One thing that Christian and Dirk were both uh, very, very adamant about is that if we're going to be in this business, if we're going to be taking care of clients on the, on the high end, on the luxury end of this business, that we have to be experts at what we do. And uh, in, in Germany at that time, as in most of the world, uh, real estate professionals were not always the most professional people. Uh, usually they were maybe being thought of at least as putting their own interest ahead of everyone else's. And that said, uh, Christian said, that's not the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to basically treat our clients as if we were, the, we were their financial advisors, and we'll work differently than the rest. So in 1995, we started our in-house academy. Uh, by the way, the first picture here, if you can see it, under 1977, that is our original shop. That's the original office. It was a, a villa in, uh, in Hamburg on a very beautiful street, and that is the logo that you see today throughout the, uh, throughout the brand. So that's where that actually comes from. In 1996, we actually started our shop concept, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Have any of you traveled and seen one of our Angle & Volker shops outside of, uh, outside of South Lake or the rest of it? few of you, absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Uh, no other real estate brand has a shop concept like ours, and I'll tell you about that just a little bit more in a few seconds. 
1998 is when the brand really started to take off. That's when Christian uh, decided it was time to start spreading the wings of the brand and growing it throughout the world and decided to go into a licensed partner, or as we call it here, a franchise model. And, uh, and of course, that brings a whole new uh, 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 series of issues, because if you're a control freak, as Mr. Volkers is, if you're adamant that things are going to be done in a certain way, if branding is important to you, and if you're in real estate, uh, that's going to be a challenge. But he decided to give it a shot anyway, and in 1998, we started franchising. We move forward a little bit further. Um, I'm only going to bring you a little, a little faster here. Uh, 2001, we uh, get out. We started in South Africa. In 2006, we opened our headquarters offices in both Hong Kong and in New York City, and that's when we actually enter the U.S. Again, we've always kind of followed the migration of where clients come and go. So if you're in Europe, well, a lot of Europeans come into the United States and vacation in Florida. And so our first shops actually opened in Florida, and then our corporate headquarters launched in New York City. So we were on the East Coast first, from Florida and New York City. We end up in California. And then over the last years, we've been starting to cover the rest of the U.S. and the Americas. Uh, in 27, uh, 2007, we opened our yachting division, because all real estate companies need to sell yachts. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and if you're a lot of yacht owners here, and I know there's a lot of yacht owners here in Dallas, uh, you will also know that 2007 was probably not the best time to be opening a yachting division. <laughs> there were a lot of them for sale and not a lot of buyers. <laughs> But uh, in 2007, we opened our yachting division, and, uh, and that started. Uh, we also started our private office. Uh, private office is something that really sets us apart as a brand, and that's the idea that there are those uber-wealthy clients, those people who have the yachts, actually, um, and, uh, and they require a different level of service. And not that all of us don't deserve a high level of service, but they have unique issues. One of my favorite stories of talking to a private office advisor a few years ago was she was trying to set up a typical showing. And we've all been buyers or sellers and had the agent do the showing, and you got the lockbox. Or her big issue was whether or not the client's uh, plane could land on a G5 or a G4 runway. So, again, different issue, set of issues the private office takes care of. Uh, private office, again, works with the uber-wealthy. It's certainly, we have about 100 private office advisors through the world. They're at a very high level of training and sophistication. They understand the unique needs of wealthy individuals. And uh, if, you're, uh, if you're looking to buy a home that's uh, of that caliber, or if you're looking to sell a home of that caliber, we certainly have a, a unique set of skills and, and training to take care of those clients. Uh, in 2014, we started uh, Canada. Uh, in Canada now, we are the largest luxury brand in Canada. We've surpassed all of the other uh, luxury brands that you've, you've heard over the years in Canada. We're doing extremely well there. Um, our aviation division, of course, if you've got a yacht and you've got that, uh, that mansion, you probably also need to have a plane. So we also work with the uh, chartering and brokerage of planes, and, uh, and we continue. And then last year, we did open our 800th uh, shop uh, around the world. So we now have 830 shops around the world. So if I just give you the quick numbers, we're now in 34 countries. We have 830 shops, like the two that we have in the Dallas area so far. A little over 11,500 advisors worldwide. We have 162 shops here in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Americas. And again, that's up from 23 when, we, when I took over back in, uh, in 2014. So a lot of things going really well here in the marketplace. And it's because of the people, again, we've attracted, Roxanne being an example here in this area. Uh, 3,178 advisors. We are not the biggest, and we've never had that intent. That's certainly not who we are. There's other brands that have a lot more uh, advisors, a lot more agents on their, on their teams uh, than we do. It's not about us. When it comes to the, uh, us, it's not about the quantity. It's more about the quality and providing a certain brand experience. I know all of you are business owners. You know the importance of providing an experience that sets you apart from everyone else. 
And in real estate, that's particularly hard. Um, and then this year in the Americas, uh, last year, excuse me, we served over uh, 30,000 clients buying or selling homes. So pretty exciting to see where this brand has come in a pretty short time here in the Americas and how quickly it's growing at this time. A couple of reasons that I think uh, that I'm absolutely positive that makes our brand different than other real estate companies. And again, there's a lot of great real estate companies out there. There's a lot of great, uh, great realtors out there. Um, but there's a few things I think really sets us apart that makes us unique. And I think that's why the discerning clientele that we try to represent, uh, the properties that we represent, it, it's why people come to us. It's also why the best advisors uh, in the business typically join our brand uh, over time in the areas. Of course, first of all, we actually do have a brand that means something. Yes, a lot of real estate brands have a, a logo, they have a look, but do they really take that all the way through? And does the brand actually offer a brand experience that is different, that's notable versus the other brands? You can have a great advisor, uh, agent at one company, or you can have a bad one at one company. You have a great experience or another, but it's based more on the advisor, not on the collaboration of entire brand. So we've worked very hard to have a brand, and not only the brand identity that Roxanne has so beautifully portrayed here today, but actually a brand promise that says if you do business with us, whether it be here in South Lake or in uh, uh, Flower Mound in this area or in our Beverly Hills shop or our Park Avenue shop or our shop in Hong Kong or Paris or the Côte d'Azur or wherever that may be, that you can expect to be dealing with the absolute best in the marketplace, the people who have that expertise, that have that experience, that know how to take care of you in those particular markets. So our brand is very important to us, not only by the identity, not only by the way it looks, but why the, what it creates that when you're, there, you, when you're there, you know you're going to be getting a certain experience. Of course, our global network. Again, 11,500 is not a lot, but I'll put our 11,500 advisors up against a network that has 100,000 advisors. And it's because they're actually connected. They're truly connected. Whether it be through our technology platforms or the opportunities we have for people to get together, they actually have each other's back. They're actually interested in each other's success. They're actually interested in helping them get things done. I can tell you story over story over story that I couldn't tell you at the previous brand I was at about two people connecting at a meeting, uh, very much like you probably connect here, uh, at a meeting and thinking about how do we take care of this particular client's need? How do we do this particular uh, thing? And they come up with the answer. So the power of that, that, that network. Of course, uh, technology, everything we hear today is about technology, it's about disruption, it's about AI and blockchain and all of the, uh, the different things that we hear about. I'm sure your businesses are all being affected in some fashion by how technology is going to change the way you do business or replace you in doing business. I mean, we have those same concerns. We are big believers that technology is absolutely important. We've always been at the forefront of providing a high level of technology, but we absolutely believe and understand that technology is a tool that should help us build better relationships and provide a higher level of service. It's not about replacing that human touch. As a matter of fact, I do believe there's a transactional side of the business, and there are certain people who will always go for the, the transactional aspect of it, but there's also that relational aspect of the business. People who absolutely want to know and work with somebody they trust, and technology should uh, support that. Uh, our marketing, uh, you know, again, we started, Christian Folkers sold real estate just like I did, just like uh, um, uh, Roxanne does and, and our advisors, and we understand that one of the jobs we have, probably the most important job we have, is when somebody wants to sell their property, they're looking to have someone that knows how to market that property, because a good marketing campaign 
targeting the right audience is what's ultimately going to bring in the qualified buyer and help you get the price that you're going to want to get for your home. So Mr. Volkers, as a person who was, uh, was a listing agent who worked on selling properties, uh, made sure that everything we do is built around how can we market properties and how can we market those properties to the right places. On your tables, I see our GG magazine. Uh, GG is uh, actually short for Grungenug. I'm sure you all know what that means. Uh, Grungenug is actually just because, and there's kind of an attitude uh, that Christian Folkers has, and it was just because he wanted a magazine. Uh, but it's not like most of the real estate magazines you see. Yes, there are absolutely beautiful properties in the back of the magazine, but the first third of the magazine, or half the magazine, depending on this particular issue, is a lot about lifestyle and, and people who are delivering, uh, are living certain types of lifestyles or delivering li things that help you live a, a different lifestyle. So I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of that or stop by the shops. Uh, they come out once a quarter, printed in seven different languages around the world. Uh, it's on newsstands in uh, in, uh, in Europe, so it's a very popular magazine, and that's just a good example of the type of marketing tools that we provide for our, our audience. Again, training has always been something important. We had our first physical academy in, uh, in Hamburg, opened earlier, I told you, in 1995. We have our academy now in, uh, in Park Avenue uh, in New York City. We're actually building a new university-style academy. Uh, because we really believe that our agents, as we call them advisors, have to be the best of the best of the best uh, to compete in the marketplace, to provide the level of service. There's a lot of things they need to know so they can actually do that. And so our academy is a big part of that, both an online academy as well as our presence training. And then finally, it's all about support. We believe that we have to support our franchisees, our licensed partners, and their advisors uh, at the highest possible level. In a time that a lot of brands are getting rid of their tech support, they're getting rid of their uh, support services, we're actually adding. Because the only way we can assure that our advisors are providing their clients with the highest level of service is to provide them with the highest level of service. And so we're doubling down on the human touch and the support. I talked a little bit about our shop concept. Several of you raised your hands and said you've seen our shops around the world. Uh, we are known for our shops. We believe you don't office for a property, you shop for a home. And so we have these uh, what I call iconic shops around the world. If you travel, you will see them. If you travel around the U.S. now, there's 162 of them, 20 more opening, 25 more opening this year. Uh, very iconic look. You can see them uh, very much like a, 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 our version of an Apple store. When you walk in there, you're going to meet some of the professionals that know the area. You're going to be able to find data and information about the particular areas. Or you can just sit and have an espresso with somebody and talk a little bit about the lifestyle in the market that you're wanting to go. Uh, and you can do that, by the way, in any country. Just walk in the door. There's going to be somebody there to help you learn about that particular area. And that is our, our shop concept. Uh, no other real estate brand has, has this concept. A lot of brands have you know, their, their retail location or they have their offices, but this, this shop concept that actually stretches around the world, no other brand has this. Something that happens in our brand that I always think is very unique is not only that people who are working in the brand, but friends and clients will send us text messages when they're in Venice, Italy, and they'll be in front of one of our shops someplace and say, look where I'm at. Uh, so there's definitely some power in that branding and that consistent branding that's done worldwide. I mentioned that service is everything. As a matter of fact, our pillars are luxury on one hand. Our next one is bespoke experiences, meaning we need to provide uh, surprise and delight, a high level of service. Uh, our culture of leadership, we believe that everyone in our brand needs to be leaders because we're working with leaders. And finally, our global network. Uh, we do believe, though, that service should be offered at every uh, price point. So it's not just the mansions and the chateaus and the yachts and the, and the, and the, and the jets. 
It's also the everyday home, providing a high level of service to those individuals as well. So yes, we are a luxury brand. Yes, we believe in the high level of service, but we also believe that that should be available for anyone at any price point. And that's why you'll see us in, in, uh, in markets like Dallas, but you'll also see us in markets like uh, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, because again, there's someone there that wants that level of service, who expects that level of service, that discerning individual, and their home is their castle, and we want to provide that level of service to them. But as I mentioned earlier, for the, for the uber-wealthy, for those clients, we also have our private office. Roxanne uh, Taylor is one of our first private office advisors in the Americas, and you've been obviously taking care of that, uh, line of, uh, that uh, size of clientele for many, many years, and, uh, and having her in that network. Again, there's about 100, uh, 108 private office advisors now in the Americas, and only about 170 worldwide. Kind of says something about the price points in the Americas versus the, the rest of the world. That the brand's been around for 40 years, but uh, two-thirds of the private office advisors happen to be in the, in the Americas. Talking a little bit about our growth, uh, again, we are, the, as Roxanne said, the fastest-growing real estate franchise in the Americas right now, according to the National Association of Realtors. Uh, the trajectory has been you know, pr pretty high. We've gone uh, from, uh, back in 2013, about 500 advisors in the Americas uh, to a little over 3,200 as of today. Uh, our shops, uh, as Roxanne said, we had about, uh, in 2013, I think that number's a little high because we were only in the 20s. I think, Roxanne, you said you were number 28. That sounds about right. When I took over, it was 23. So that being said, uh, we're now, though, at 160, uh, 162, I think, as of, as of today. And by the end of this year, we'll be getting close to, uh, to uh, uh, that 200 mark. What's interesting to me is the idea of, of goal setting and, and, and why we've been able to accomplish this. Uh, on my first day, I wrote on one of those flip charts that we probably all have in our office what the goals were. And the idea at this time, when we had 23 locations and 265 advisors uh, in the brand, that uh, I wanted us to see us at 10, excuse me, 5,000 advisors and 200 locations in the Americas. And everybody thought I was absolutely crazy, especially when you consider that at that time, the brand only had about 2,500 advisors worldwide. Uh, but we set that goal. And we started looking at what is the roadmap that we will need to achieve to get there. And we knew that it was about attracting talent, whether it be at the corporate level or as, as it went to going into our particular uh, markets. Um, the reason we've had our success is, is because, of the Roxanne, because of Roxanne and the other Roxannes in the markets we've served. When we went into the markets, we were looking for people who didn't ever think they would be part of a franchise system. Uh, whether you know this or not, uh, franchising, uh, real estate is all about franchising. If you look at the, the Sotheby's or the Coldwell Bankers or the, or the Century 21s, they're all franchise operations. Coldwell, or, uh, Angle of Oakers is, is no exception to that. Um, as with a lot of franchise systems, though, it's very easy to go in and just find somebody who's, uh, who's, you can fog a mirror and say, would you like to be part of our group and try to sell them the franchise. Uh, Christian Volkers is very clear that's not how we do business. We've got to go into the marketplace, and the person who's going to be the hardest to get that's got to be the person that we want to be part of our brand. Because we found that over the years, you don't change people's mindsets. You can evolve together, but you're not going to change someone. They're going to be who they've always been. And you better make sure that whoever they've always been is who they're going to, is going to connect with the mindset of your organization. Uh, we were very fortunate that Roxanne was looking for a way to expand her reach and her resources at the same time. We were looking for someone to help us open up in this marketplace and do it the way we believe in doing things. We absolutely have a shared mindset when it comes to branding, uh, but also of how to take care of clients. 
And uh, you've been doing that for 40 years in your life and 20 years in this marketplace. You've worked with the type of clientele we worked with, and you're attracting some great new talent into your operations as well that will be the next generations of, of Roxanne Taylors, and we're very excited about that. So that's a little bit about our story. Uh, just a, a quick overview of kind of who we are as a brand. We've been around for a long time. I always think it's interesting. A lot of times when someone like Roxanne will join our brand, people will assume that Angle & Folkers bought, bought the company. We didn't buy the company. We, we found we created a partnership with the company. And, uh, and in this situation, decided that our brands should sit next to each other. And that's why it's Angle & Folkers, Roxanne Taylor, Taylor, when it comes to her taking care of her clients. And then Angle & Folkers, Southlake, or Flower Mound in this area to take care of the clients of, uh, of this area. Um, we've been very fortunate in this marketplace. We've been fo very fortunate in the Americas. Real estate is very good right now. Uh, most markets are, there, there's been a shortage of inventory that's starting to shift a little bit. Uh, Dallas is no exception to that. Uh, I expect 2019 is going to be another very good year for real estate uh, in the Americas, uh, especially probably in this part of the world. With that, that's all of my uh, overview. And I've got a couple more minutes. If there's anybody who'd like to ask any questions, whether it be about real estate, about Roxanne, uh, <laughs> About real estate, about Roxanne, or about anything else for that, or even growing a business or branding. Yes? Hi, I'm Mr. Harrington, and I wanted to find out what advice you would give a business that wants to bring their brand up to the standard. Uh, this is going to – I feel like I'm – a lot of these are cliché, but, but do it. Uh, you have to set – first of all, set the standard. Know what the standard is. When you know what the standard is, then you can start looking at where do you not – and be very honest with yourself. Where am I not meeting the standard that I want to meet? and fix that, and then stay true to it. And there's the challenge, staying true to it, especially in real estate where you have independent contractors as advisors and franchisees uh, as owners. Uh, it's very tough to do that, but especially in a business where you own everything, set those standards and stay to it, make sure that, and then create a systematic approach behind it so everyone that ever becomes part of your business understands exactly what the rules are so you can keep them to that. But, uh, but it's very, very simple to me. Just set the standard, and then stay to it. Uh, Christian Folkers and I had a conversation because one of my challenges, you know, when we get together, he always likes to ask me, what's the one thing that I lose sleep over? And it is sticking to it. And, uh, and so he drew a diagram, and I don't have a I love my flip charts. I don't have my flip chart. But he drew this diagram with, a, with the, uh, uh, the line on this side was about quality. The line across the bottom was about quantity. And he explained to me, because my fear is always that we're going to lose the quality. And he would say, well, on one side, you've got to keep pulling for the quality, but you've also got to push for the quantity, otherwise you die in vain. You have the perfect example of what you're supposed to be, and it's absolutely stunning, but nobody does business with you. So you've got to figure out some way to have that mix. But the idea is if you will have that t constant tug-of-war, whether you do it yourself or maybe you have a partner in your business, that somebody's pushing for the growth while the other person's holding true to the quality, that over time, as long as that trajectory is up in the middle, your quality and your quantity are both increasing, you're good. But as soon as the quality starts decreasing and the quantity starts increasing, that's a different business model. And just know that that's what you're doing. Or if you want to go the other way, maybe you don't need as many clients because your quality has gotten so good you can charge a different price. So anyway, that's something that I also think about is how to keep that together. There's another question back, back there. Yes? We are not. Uh, there's a couple of different reasons why I think they're doing it. There's obviously money to be made uh, by buyers who are in a hurry. And if you're in a hurry and you need the quick dollar to get to your next job or whatever the situation is, uh, then, then absolutely an iBuyer may be the right idea for you. I still personally don't believe that. 
Um, I think the, the, the reason there's an opening there, though, is because the service level in most real estate companies and a lot of advisors or agents um, has been so low that, there's no, that the consumer hasn't seen any value to actually having the advisor, the agent. And they think, I will pay, and this is what's interesting to me, an iBuyer usually is paying, right now it's come down to about 7 8%. The typical commission in the United States is about 55 to 6%. So people are actually paying more to not deal with agents and to have certainty. And so there's the, those are the two things they're, they're bringing to the table. Um, I think what should happen, I think iBuyer will work for a lot of people. I think it produces a lot of seller leads, which is ultimately what those companies are selling back to the industry. And they make a lot of their money on selling those leads. But ultimately, it should be a wake-up call for the industry that they need to be focused on providing a higher value. Because if they are, if they don't, they're going to be replaced by those types of programs. I think there's room for both. I think there's the transactional client that has that, uh, that need and is willing to pay for it, but there's also the people who can appreciate a high level of service, and if someone offers the high level of service, will continue to work with them. So we will not be doing that. Other questions? Any other? Yes? Yes. <laughs> um, in, uh, and this is one of the challenges this brand had when it came to the United States. Because first of all, uh, you know, Christian Fulkers has a saying, we all cook with water, meaning that ultimately it's very similar. That, or there still has to be a buyer that connects with a seller. But the entire way things operate is different there versus here. Here we use a multiple listing service. Multiple listing service is not just a, a bunch of a listings in one place that can be shared. It's also an agreement among brokers to work with each other. That doesn't exist in most of the rest of the world. So the idea is there. If you list the property, then you need to bring the buyer. And as a matter of fact, in most markets, you don't have an exclusive listing. So all the agents list the property, and then whoever brings the buyer walks in the door. So the way the, pro the properties are marketed are usually very much quietly in the back end because I'm not trying to drum up business that might go to one of the other brokers. It has to come into me so I can come back in. So just those two philosophical differences make a big difference in the way properties are marketed. Uh, we're much quieter about how we market properties in rest of the world. We're in the U.S. or, or the Americas. We are much louder. As a matter of fact, we have a program uh, that we built two years ago. It's been incredibly successful called the EDGE program. And this is where we syndicate uh, a person's listing out to a, an entire network of about 500 different sites and portals around the world. That product is never, would never be needed in the rest of the world because they just don't think the same way. Uh, that's a big product for us, and it brings in a lot of uh, traffic that helps us ultimately sell properties here. So yes and no, but more no. Anything else? I, uh, yes? Um, it, it all starts before you bring them together. Uh, and, we've, and we've made mistakes. We certainly have not done everything right. Uh, making sure, back to the first question, knowing our standard, knowing our mindset, and being very clear on who we are, because when we know who we are, then we can determine, is the person we're talking to, is the team we're talking to, are they, do we think the same way? Um, I think we might have been a little more uh, um, liberal with those opinions we started, and we thought we would change people. It's Valentine's Day. How many of us have thought we would change somebody? <laughs> how, how, how often have we? <laughs> it works the same in franchising. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, we've had to find the right people. When we find the right people, and we've also learned, we, we've, kind of, we've created a persona. We know who it is we're looking for now because it's all about data. 
And uh, we, we, we know the persona. We know who we're looking for. We know their attributes. We know what they've done historically. We know how we can go back and kind of research their history to see if what they're telling us is how they've actually operated. And what we have found is when we find the right people to begin with and we share a mindset, then we can evolve together. When we, when we cut corners or when we think we're going to change somebody, it always doesn't work out. Was that the answer? Okay, good. Any other questions? Yes. Dan, I know you. Oh, I hate that question. <laughs> well, if I'm talking to Christian folkers, it's about EBITDA. <laughs> if, if I'm talking to my, my spouse, it's about getting another contract to do this job. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think everybody has their own definitions of success. I, I, uh, I probably get a little, a little um, uh, out there when it comes to my definition because I'm a big believer in the idea of happiness. And I don't believe happiness is ever really achieved, but I think it's something you're always searching for. But it's how you feel along that way. And so for me, if you're happy, I've been, uh, I've been happy and made a lot of money. I've been happy uh, and also been at the very bottom of the market with very little money. And uh, so for me, success is as long as I feel good when I go to bed at night. I wake up. That's a good start. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy with what I'm doing. So, By Roxanne coming up, I guess my time is up. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you get me out of here? So thank you all for inviting me this morning. Happy Valentine's Day and enjoy the rest of your day.